if we hear a kid or something like that, that's wonderful. And I'd love to be able to participate a little bit together. I'm going to ask you some questions. If you don't want to unmute, that's great. But it's our church is not known for being quiet, right? So we, we want to be able to hear one another. I want to be able to interact with you uh, as we can. So um, if kids, if you have something to say, we'd love to hear you. Okay? And adults, we, we like hearing you too. Um, so however that works out, we're good. Uh, Romans 12, 2, if you've got a device or something, many of you know this one by heart. Um, but we have been talking about how the world sets some patterns and then God wants to transform us. And we've been kind of talking about different, well, how, how through Jesus we're, we're offered into something different. And today we're going to talk about how the world sets this pattern that especially in this era, in this time, we are to be experts. The world argues that we're to be experts on, on many different things, but particularly on how to navigate life right now. And Jesus is actually calling us to be an apprentice, to constantly be learning the way that we're to live life, to constantly be learning how it is that Scripture informs how we live in this era, and then this time, and hopefully if we understand what it means to be an apprentice, that takes some pressure off. And that is incredibly good news to anybody around us. I was talking to my, na- my new neighbor about this idea just this week, and he didn't know it was part of the sermon and all that kind of stuff, but he's been asking a lot of questions about God because he's had some experiences that were new to him and and some supernatural things have happened and he's like god must be real and then he felt this this pressure to then know everything about god and become an expert about god and i got to share with him the good news that no jesus doesn't ask that of you jesus simply asks that you come to him and and his holy spirit will begin to inform us about how it is that we live and navigate this world right So that's what we're going to talk about this morning. The verse is 12.2, and it says this, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. It goes on a little bit, and we'll talk about that next week. But first, we want to look at the word world, okay? Now, when Paul is writing the word world, he is not necessarily talking about the globe or the earth. The word world here means this present era or this age. And um, this particularly would be mean would mean like the age where where sin is is dominating some and this age that is going to fall away and give way to God, to God's age, to the age of God moving and. So world, when, when you see world in this verse, I want you to be thinking about this present time, this era, but not even necessarily just as if tomorrow is going to be a brand new era, but that this is a little broader than that, that there are certain patterns that this world has set for us to, to sin in, to fall and, and bring decay in certain ways right now. And that's the way that this era, this age works. And God is inviting us to set uh, another way to, to live into a different way. So the word pattern, we, we know pattern, right? Pattern like a cookie cutter or a pattern for sewing or anything like that. Paul is saying that this 
era, this age, is setting systems and structures to become a pattern that get almost just routine expressions and experiences out of us. So that our, our cultures, our age, set just this pattern that this is how we experience life and this is what we're supposed to do and this is supposed to, how we're supposed to function. So for all of you, what are some patterns? I'd love to hear if you've got an idea. What are some patterns that this world is setting in us that we're kind of fighting against? Can you guys think of any? I was thinking of uh, systems of injustice, you know, the, all the racial inequities that are built into the system that we're trying to undo. Yeah, that's huge. And especially here on like Dr. King weekend, right? Like it, hopefully we are recognizing that there's a pattern, a system, a structure that is built into our culture that didn't begin uh, yesterday. It didn't begin just before the civil rights movement. It began, uh, this, this stratification on race began in the 1400s and has been a part of the good news within the United States since the beginning, since the origin. As we talked about last week, it's one of the things that was married into faith into our culture. And that's a, that's a system, a structure, a pattern that we've got to separate out from our faith that takes some work. This is one of the greatest temptations right now to be an expert. I think in our, our culture, we have to be an expert and have all of it rooted out of us. And I think this is one of the ways that the good news of Jesus most enters into our life where we recognize the pattern and then let Jesus free us up from systemic racism. And hopefully that's beginning to happen. Love these faces, Gideon. Are there any other patterns you all are seeing? I think that's good that you brought that to the church and recognize that the church asks us to conform. And Paul's telling us not to. Don't conform to the pattern. And this is a great chance for us to uh, be reinvented. 
on the other end of this? What is God calling us to be? And how do we only be that? Uh, I, I think that's good. Yeah, that's good. I think one of the patterns of this world is, and even in the church, unfortunately, uh, what Wendy just said, but also a pattern of if we don't think alike, if we're not uniform, you know, together doing the same, that we're not one. Yeah. And, you know, and even in the church, sometimes we have to, there's a pattern that we have to, be alike or you know I mean something as simple as someone comes in and they're dirty and smelly like we don't want to you know really be connected with them and that's a pattern of what society or even our own uh, desires has brought us to yeah okay I'm gonna I'm gonna hope somebody know is anyone here a Star Trek fan Please, somebody. Okay, unmute yourself, Browns. I saw your hands. If anyone else, I mean, everybody can stay unmuted, definitely. Okay, can you guys tell us about the Borg? The Borg? Yes. The Borg is a electronic life form. Okay. It goes around the world looking for other, uh, other races, other beings to take over and they all get integrated into the board and then your name becomes something like seven of nine and you are assimilated and they keep saying you will be assimilated okay and that's how they handle like they want difference to come in but then they make them the same correct yeah they they find a new species or a new something i know nothing about star trek this is all that i know Somebody told me this once, um, but I'm I'm trying. It's not a sports reference. I'm trying something different. But uh, yeah, my understanding is is fairly correct. Then, like they travel the universe and go find different species, but make them assimilated and make them become the Borg. And uh, I actually looked it up. Said that. Even like as they meet like humans, they then become like drones and there's no thinking. There's just you are now the Borg. And that happens within church. I'm, I'm saying that to tie back to what you were saying, Miss Diana, like that. We, we think we have to dress. We have to have the same cleanliness. We have to have the same thoughts. We have to have the same everything and sadly it even gets to the point i don't know if you all have experienced this but it even gets to the point of like i'm going to stop thinking i'm just going to ask the church leadership to do my thinking and then i know who to vote for then i know what to think on issues then i know who to like and who to dislike um i know how to dress and who to listen to all those kind of things the the church will do the work of thinking and engaging in culture, and I'll just take whatever the church says. 
That's a very opposite of what Paul says we're to do. We are not to conform to the patterns of this era, including the patterns that come out of the church. Which, if we're honest, even the first one we looked at of racial injustice and racism, that comes out of the church. That was some of the first people to push this. Any other patterns you all can think of? Hey, Anna, some of your friends are here. You can come say hi. I was thinking, at least before the COVID era, busyness was very much a pattern that we needed to conform to. Although I think that this this particular last year has made us rethink some of that. Um, but as you were talking about, like, hive mind kind of thing, like, I mean, I think it's tribalism in general. And if you're a Republican, you have to stick with the line and you have to go down the path of QAnon. And if you're a Democrat, then you have to go really progressive. And I mean, it's just like, you have to think the same as your political friends. Yeah. You know, in, in missions, we've talked about, you know, conforming to Christ. And yet the church many times hasn't done the deep work of what's the difference in conforming to Christ and conforming to our, our culture, be like us. And and that's the, you know, missions is receiving a lot of criticism right now for colonialization, buying into um, the patterns that have oppressed people historically. Um, you know, and, it, and a, a problem I'm having is being it's differentiating you know just because somebody uh, there's a lot of variety in the people who who like have voted for trump and to to dismiss them all is the same thing that i fight against when we talk about muslims you know we just because some do bad things don't mean doesn't mean everyone's has bought into this. The same is true with missions. Just because some are promoting a colonizing minds that intentionally or unintentionally doesn't mean all are. And how do we stay faithful to conforming our lives to Christ, but not conforming to culture? So maybe you could clarify that a little bit. Martin, I think that's I think that is a great point you're making there. And as we get to the second half of this, or the there's actually kind of three parts. As we get to the second part, it says, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, right? One of the first things that has to be transformed is we we tend to generalize. So all missionaries now are bad, and we have to be experts in thinking of this correctly. All missionaries are colonial in their attempt. And are, are trying to go assimilate everyone to them and to their culture. And that isn't true. That, that might even be a pattern within mission. But that isn't true that they're all bad. All Muslims are not one thing. All, all anything is not any one thing. Um, I'm in a seminary class right now where there's, there's one young woman from Alaska. And the professor made a great point to say, hey... In this class, as we talk about culture, she does not represent all Alaskans. We're not going to throw that weight upon her. uh, And we're not going to generalize her experience. We're just, she gets to be her. 
And, and she might inform our opinion of some other things. But one of the things that has to be transformed within us that our, this era tells us to generalize, this era tells us to set the pattern of if that is bad, then all are bad. If that is good, then all are good. And we need to do the work of letting our mind be renewed and being transformed by Christ. So yes, we conform to the way of Christ, which means every thought is held captive before God. And say, God, is this, is this true or is this not true? Uh, some ways that this happens, we need to examine our thoughts. When a thought comes up, we, we need to look at, is this thought true or is this feeling true? And that's work. Uh, and when a thought is not true, we need to replace it with what is true. We need to recognize patterns that we can slip into and, and invite God to break those patterns and to begin freeing us of some things. And, and we need to even allow some relationships to be reordered. Uh, a trend, a pattern of this era is, is that we need to be experts, like I said earlier, but also that we need to be very prophetic and and we need to know how to do that and speak the truth to everything but we need to also remember if it doesn't lead to reconciliation that's not biblical prophetic words this needs to bring us together it needs to unite maybe it's the word isn't accepted and unity doesn't come because of that but the heart of a real prophetic word of the heart of truth is to reconcile to Christ not just reconcile to each other so we can have like a fantasy football league, but to reconcile to Christ and, and allow God to work in there. And as that happens, we will not have the same thoughts because we shouldn't. That would just be a new pattern. We're to be transformed and made different here. So here's, here's why I, I bring all this up. Well, it's, it, Paul brings it up. And so we're bringing it up because we're looking at Romans 12. But we're also bringing it up because we're coming to our anniversary, which, like, what a year, right? In the, in the history of one church, there's been a lot of unique years. Uh, there's been, like, a unique year for every year. And then this one brought, like, every kind of change that could be. And the tendency at anniversary time is to have, like, a big announcement of the grand plan that we're going to have for the year. We're going to name the mountains that we're going to take, and, and then we're going to go climb them. And our current age, the, truthfully, the, the, the emails and notes I get from pastors to pastors are saying the expectation is grand vision because people are worn out, and I get that. But I really believe that what God is inviting us to be is to finally be apprentices. To not be experts in all of this. But to hold these thoughts before Jesus and be his disciples, be his apprentice, to, to ask even better questions, to become more honest about where we are right now. Here's what I really sense. Jesus is inviting us to be apprentices always. And to allow our minds to be renewed, our bodies to be renewed, our community, our, our collective self together to be renewed, to be remade. 
And where you are today and where we are today is not where we will remain. It isn't because we're always changing because God's always doing something new within us. It's not where we will stay. So because of that, there's no shame in where you are today. And I think we need to say that. This age right now loves to heap some guilt on us if we don't know something. If we don't know all there is to know about the Bible, if we don't know all there is to know about race or class or or gender or sexuality or any anything, culture or if we hear words that are uh, that that feel new to us, like we don't have to be experts of that. There's no shame. We're not staying in this spot. And so it's safe to be honest. Where are we? Where are we as individuals? But then let's remember that this is as true as do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind is for the individual. This is written to the church. Let's remember that. This is written to the collective. So together, all of us, how is it that God wants to renew our minds? What does God want to renew within us? How is it that God wants to transform us? He'll transform us individually. But how does he want to transform us together? Maybe one of the things is what you mentioned, Wendy. Maybe one of it is valuing our kids in such a way that they're a part of everything. There's something beautiful in seeing these little noggins dug in and out of of the pictures. There's something beautiful in seeing one another's homes. There's something beautiful in this expression. It doesn't mean we're going to stay like this forever. But what is the gift right here that God wants to give us? And how are we transformed by this moment to be more like Christ? Together, we're to be apprentices of Jesus and we're to allow God within us to be the thing that's attractive. I'll admit that there was pressure sometimes on one church and probably some of it originated with me. There was pressure sometimes for us to be attractive because of our vision, because of this multi-ethnic desire to be a church that reflected the body of Christ. And that was what was to be attractive. There was pressure sometimes to know more than we knew. And and I realized I read a lot of books, but I didn't always let those books on race and on, on systemic things filter into my heart so I found my own place with it. Because I just felt like if, if we figured some stuff out, we would be attractive. But you know what will be attractive of us as a body is if we are submitted to Jesus and then the lives of people who Jesus is leading, that is what is salt to this earth that desperately needs to be preserved and fought for. That is what's light to this world that is dark. Not that we're experts, but that we're, we're apprenticing well, that we're following the leadership of Jesus and that we're not doing it as a solo person or a solo household, but that we're doing it together, collectively. And as Jesus leads you slightly to the right and leads me slightly to the left, that we don't cancel one another, but that instead we learn and are inspired by one another and recognize that like, yes, that's what it looks like as we're transformed. 
I know that uh, Don is is excited about his football game today at around three. I I, I want you to picture. There we go. Some Chiefs. <laughs> hey, I want you to it, for those of you who know who know football. I want you to think of a football play. If we conform, then we all do the same thing, right? In a particularly an offense like the Chiefs has like four, maybe even five people out running a pattern. If they all run the same pattern, that play is broken. If they all run a, a post, that's the easiest thing to defend. The good offense, the good way that football works is when everybody runs the route that they are supposed to run. And so that means one person runs a slant while another runs a screen and somebody else Run, runs a post route and one of them are wide open. Mahomes does his job of seeing the people who are open and gets the ball there. If we all conform, we will miss what God is doing. But if we're transformed and we do what God invites us to do, then we each run our own route as a part of this team and we can accomplish our goals. We can finally be salt and light to the world around us. We can be attractive without the pressure of being experts, but instead being acknowledging all along, no, we are the apprentices. We're following the leadership of Jesus best we can. We're running the routes that, that God calls us to, and sometimes we end up crisscrossing, but that's just because that's how God's working. And then we come back, huddle like this, and celebrate what God's done. I believe if we tell people like my neighbor that that's the invitation of Jesus, we'll see weight fall off of people. The invitation is not to be an expert on everything. The invitation is to follow his lead and allow your mind to be transformed, not to have already been transformed, but to actively be transformed right now, right in community with other people as we all venture down this thing together and see what God makes. That makes some sense? Yes. Uh, we're going to wrap up this verse next week, but I want to pray over us. Um, and then uh, let me just explain what's going to happen. I'm going to pray over us right now. And then Susan's going to actually sing a benediction over, over us. And then Kat is going to release us into different groups. And we have a couple questions in line with the sermon. Um, and, and you also, if you just have stuff going on in your life that you want to talk about, God bless you. This is your time just to connect with people. If you don't have time for it, don't feel uh, pressure. But it, it, last week, it was a real gift to those of us who continue to participate. So let me pray over us. And, and Susan, you can take it from there, okay? Jesus, as a pastor, I, I want to begin by repenting for ways that I have like the Borg, tried to ask people to assimilate. I know there are times where I thought I was to be an expert and I functioned out of that, and I know that that is not the good news of you. I ask that for me and for us as a church that you would transform us you would transform us by the renewal of our minds that we might be able to think in line with you. We might be able to run the patterns that you have for us and, and recognize your goodness. See your goodness come through in somebody else in a different way than it does in us. 
and not find that threatening or not find that um, defensive, but instead recognize that you're moving. Thank you that you brought us together this morning. I pray that everybody has been able to sense your spirit and we might honor you in the way that we go forward. In your name, amen.